This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Baldy's Breakdowns, the podcast, a radio.com sports original. As always, I'm Jason Lockenfora, riding shotgun with my main man, Brian Baldinger. We are here with you every Wednesday, dropping knowledge on the week that was and using it to inform us about the week that will be. We're super excited about week three and we're super excited for you guys tuning in as always subscribe rate and review baldy's breakdowns on itunes spotify wherever you find your favorite podcast and you can also find us on twitter at baldy nfl and at jason lock and fora and baldy i don't know about you but but one of my my big sort of takeaways now that we've seen two games it's not a huge sample size but we're, we're starting to maybe formulate some patterns I'm looking at some of these older quarterbacks, prominent quarterbacks, probably all four Hall of Fame quarterbacks, at least three of them. Um, and Father Time, we know, is undefeated. And and, and it's, it's hard for me not to watch them play, frankly, and wonder how close some of them are to catching Father Time's sickle in, in the back uh, because we saw it go very fast for Peyton Manning. You know, we've seen it go very fast for a lot of guys in the past. And so I'm thinking particularly about Tom Brady, about Drew Brees, about Philip Rivers, about Ben Roethlisberger. It's kind of been up and down for all of them. Um, I, I kind of wondered, Baldy, where if you're with me here a little bit and, and if any of these situations maybe has you more concerned than others. Well, I wouldn't lump them all together. I mean, Ben's played well. Um, you know, he, he, he's got five touchdown passes out there. He's given up one pick. He's played pretty well. He looks like Ben. Uh, a good deal of the time. Tom Brady, though, um, it just doesn't it doesn't look great right now. Uh, and you know when you know you said that Peyton Manning went real quick. You know he had the he had four neck surgeries, and when he when he came back, you know he was good. He, he had a you know one of his best years ever in Denver, and then it kind of just went. Um, it, it could be imperceptible uh, to just the eye for a while. And usually the players are the last to admit it. They were asking Drew Brees about it on Monday night, and he's like, I got to run the offense. You know, we, we, we're not there yet. And that's true. Um, but we never talked about quarterbacks like those guys like that before. We never said, you know, it's, it's about the offense come, clicking. And we always just expected the offense to click. And it's not. And now, you know, in Drew Brees' case, they had a bunch of penalties that just killed some drives in the second half. But they didn't score a point in the second half. That's Drew Brees' job is to score. Um, that's the quarterback's job. Phillip Rivers was better in week two than he was in week one. Tom Brady has just he, – he, he doesn't look anything like the GOAT right now. He, he had a I, – I, I texted a couple quarterbacks 
that I really respect. And he had a pass last week, Jason, where it was a it was a flea flicker. He had given the ball to Leonard Fournette, who had a good game, and he flipped it back to, to Brady. And then Brady had a wide open Justin Watson down the field, way behind Carolina's defense. And the ball just died at about 35 yards. And Bruce Arians, when asked about it, said, well, he didn't get the laces. And, you know, he had he got the ball out of his hands too fast. And and you say, okay, but we never had anybody have to explain Tom Brady a throw like that before. And but now you do. And so it it's 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 whether it's gonna be all season long, we gotta see, we gotta give Brady, you know, week to week because it's a new team, new system, new players and all that. But he looks like right now it's not as easy as it once was. And I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that this week it, it's uh, more like we're used to seeing, but it hasn't been a great start for him. And for Drew Brees, you take out, you know, the leading receiver in, in the league over the last two years. You know, he Mike Thomas has this Twitter handle, Jason, that says you can't guard Mike. And it's so true. And whenever Drew, it seemed like, got in trouble or needed a, a play, he kind of threw it up to Michael Thomas to let him go get it. And he loved it. He, he loved getting all the attention, all the targets. And he was he's great. He's great at contested catches. He's great at playing low post basketball. He's They don't have a guy like that right now. And so I think, you know, but here we are, like we're making excuses in some ways. And we never did that to any of these quarterbacks before. So, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it, we just have to keep watching because I think Ben has been pretty good. And we'll see. You know, the Steelers are 2-0, and and they haven't really been tested yet. Uh, so we'll, the, the tests are coming. He's got a really young receiving core, but they're pretty good. Deontay Johnson's a good football player. So I think Ben right, realizes that right now. So we got to keep tracking it. But, you know, the older guys, Breeze and Brady, we gotta, you got to kind of go week to week because we're all looking for it now. Well, Baldy, from a, a number standpoint, and we're not going to go crazy with this because it is just two weeks, but I would point out, um, none of these guys in the top 10 in passer rating, none nope. of these guys in the top 10 in yards per attempt. And that's a metric I'm really going to look at when it comes to older quarterbacks, because you can kind of start to see the decline in the willingness to go downfield. Baldy collectively, they're completing 69% of their passes, but only 7.22 yards per attempt, uh, 13 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And you start to wonder with the lack of mobility, if these teams become easier to defend, and that takes me right to, to fast forward to Sunday night and this Green Bay, New Orleans affair where it's prime time again. The whole country is going to be watching. Do you have to even worry about anything intermediate or deep against the Saints? Uh, do you have to start worrying about tight spaces, Breeze not being as accurate as we've seen in the past? Do they become easier for Mike Patton to defend? And, and do you think they might be able to pressure him a bit? Well, the ball gets, still gets out fast. He still goes through his progressions lightning fast. Um, they moved the ball against the Raiders pretty well. They, they had a ton of penalties that backed them up, and they got themselves in some real tough situations. Um, and the Raiders, you know, just kept attacking. But in this league, Jason, you've got to you've got to get your chunk plays, and you've got to be able to finish drives. And for them not to finish a single drive in the second half of that game was pretty shocking. Um, these stadiums are all bizarre, Jason. I, I was at uh, SoFi Stadium 
this past weekend. It's kind of a quasi-dome stadium. The light comes right through it. I mean, it's just zero atmosphere. And it will be zero atmosphere in New Orleans this week. And that's just un- it's just odd to go into that. I've been in that Mercedes-Benz Superdome for forever. And you always know it's going to be a tremendous atmosphere. You're probably not going to – and it's just not like that now. And I, I don't know how much that's affecting anybody, but you're not getting any juice from these from these places. And so I, I haven't really figured if players are being bothered by it, if they're affected by it, because I've seen some teams just sleepwalk through some of these games um, without the crowd. But that being said, Green Bay can pressure them. Uh, I saw Ramchek, who is as solid as anybody, get beat the other night. I saw him get beat inside. They had a bunch of holding calls up front. So I'm sure that Mike Pettin is with Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith and, and all the guys. I'm sure they're looking at all of that right now going. And Rashawn Gary's coming on. I'm sure they're all looking to see, boy, if we get near Drew Brees, the ball's going to come out. Maybe we could get one or two of those. On the other side, Green Bay, the offense looks a little more unlocked to me than last year. Baldy, and again, only two weeks, and and they've played two teams in Detroit and Minnesota. That boy, it might it might get real. It might get late real early there. I mean, those two teams are not playing quality football in any way, shape, or form right now. Maybe that has something to do with Green Bay looking to have a more robust passing attack than a year ago. And obviously, Devontae Adams. We're going to monitor his injury situation through the week. But are you buying the Green Bay passing game a little bit more this year? than last year, or do you need to see it against a quality defense? Well, I want to see it against a good defense like New Orleans. Now, the Raiders didn't have much trouble with them, um, but they got a lot of good players on that side of the ball. Um, New Orleans just keeps loading up. Janoris Jenkins is a good player in New Orleans right now, Jason. But, you know, one thing about Green Bay right now is they have made a firm commitment to the running game. Aaron Jones leads the league in rushing. He leads the league in total yards from scrimmage. He was unstoppable against Detroit. He led him in receiving. He led him in rushing. Um, wherever those uh, neon green shoes of his he was wearing were going, the, they were gaining yards. And so, you know, Aaron Rodgers was just highly efficient on on Sunday against Detroit. Uh, you know, hasn't thrown interception, hasn't come close to throwing one. And he's spreading the ball around. I mean, he still wants to go to Devontae Adams when he can. But De- Devontae Adams did not have a big game. But, you know, I think he's kind of getting used to, like, there's a two tight end set. They got two really good blocking tight ends in Mercedes Lewis and Robert Tanyan. Can't say that about many teams in this league. And that's where their game is right now. They're going to hand the ball off. And when they they got a lead, they're going to milk it. And the the big plays that Aaron is throwing right now is off play action and good protection. And it's working for him right now. And you're right. It's against two teams that are combined 0-4. Um, Minnesota is a mess. Detroit, uh, I don't know when. They haven't won in forever since last October. Yeah. Um, I don't know when their next win is going to come. So, But you can only play who you've played. This is a good test for them. You know, they're, they're reasonably healthy. Um, you know, I, I think that Aaron feels really comfortable making his checks and doing his things at the line of scrimmage, but he's got a real safety valve in Aaron Jones right now. Well, we talked a little bit about the Raiders – in regards to to them getting the big win over the Saints, I find myself still a little skeptical of, of that defense and and if it's going to um, 
you know, this bend but not break thing, if they, they will end up breaking over the course of, of this season, because I still have reservations there. Um, we still see Baldy. Derek Carr played a nice game. But when I look at that game and I see a guy like Waller and his ability to beat you so many ways and run like a gazelle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and beat you physically, and they run the offense through him. But Baldy, it's it's still 12 catches for 100 yards. You know, it's not, boy, that ex- explosion still isn't really there right you talked about the need to get chunk yards I I still wonder about that passing game being um, as sort of multi-dimensional as it needs to be we know New England has a great secondary Um, we know Bill Belichick's going to do whatever he has to do to take away Waller and force somebody else to win that football game for them and I do think Cam Newton and some of the big bodies up front for New England maybe a bit of a problem for that Raiders defense. It's going to be a good test for both teams. Obviously, you know, the Patriots finished that game on the one yard line, you know, can't make the yard. Otherwise Cam has a tremendous comeback. Um, and he's really the national story. Whereas Russell Wilson is right now, but, but regardless, it was, you know, it was just great, great theater on Sunday night. Uh, really great theater. A lot of fun. Uh Look, the, the, the Darren Waller is the you, everybody. Every quarterback needs a go-to guy, Jason. Right now, Derek Carr trusts Darren Waller. Gruden does a lot with him. Third downs, the ball's going to him. It's the first look. Uh, Henry Ruggs was invisible the other night. He threw one deep shot to him in the first quarter, and they really didn't go back to him. Nope. Um, so when I watch him, I almost think that Brian Edwards, the uh, the third round pick out of South Carolina, is mm-hmm. a better receiver than Ruggs right now. Um, but you know, they want to run the ball. They, they're playing with a bunch of backup, a backup to the backup right tackle. Yes. They're playing with a backup, you know, guard in there. And and you couldn't really tell the difference. I mean, New Orleans really couldn't exploit that. And that's saying something. Uh, but, you know, Josh Jacobs is a, just a great player. Yes. Um, they, they really executed really well. And Derek Carr is taking care of the football. Uh, I, would, I would not be surprised in this game. If Stephon Gilmore goes on Waller, and t- I've right. seen him cover tight ends before, right. he, I mean that would be, I mean Waller's got him by you know six inches, yeah. And but but you know Stephon Gilmore, I, I know him. I've done a film session with him. He's really smart. He probably went to Belichick and said, "Give me, give me the tight end coach. I got him. I'll do it. You know, let me let me take him. You know, we'll put we'll 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 throw a cloud over the top of Rugs if they want to, t- to take some deep shots." And we'll make Derek uh, Derek Carr go someplace else with the ball. Like I, I think that might be a game plan. We, we might see. They, they put J.C. Jackson on tight ends before Travis Kelsey, and they've had some success with that. But as much as they go to Waller and lean on Waller, it wouldn't surprise me to see Gilmore on him. Do you have a lean on this game, Baldy? Before we move on, do 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 you do you have a a play here? Well, I you know you have to do your homework with this Patriots defense right now, because there's a lot of new faces. Um, they're not quite anywhere near where they were a year ago, but they're still taking the ball away. They still lead the league in interceptions. Um, you know, that's what they're, they, they create pressure without having great pass rushers. Yeah. So Chase Winovich is that guy right now, you know? And so, uh, and, and amongst of other guys, uh, I think, this is going to be a really good game. But I just like the way that the the Patriots can control the football. 
And whatever the Raiders have seen on film against Seattle, they're not going to see this Sunday. They still have this ability to morph into this completely different team week to week. They've done it two weeks in a row right now. And so I never thought Cam Newton could complete 70% of his passes ever. And he's doing that right now. And he's he looks really comfortable kind of dinking and dunking. That's kind of what they yep. do. And Edelman gives you the big plays. Obviously, he had a chance to win the game at the end. Um, but he made a number of big catches throughout the day. And that's who they rely on. Uh, Nikhil Harry is still, you know, he's he's nothing special at this point. But, you know, he's got to continue to grow and get some rhythm with, uh, with Cam. But I'll, I'll just take the Patriots just from a coaching standpoint here and how difficult they are to prepare for. Another interesting game in the 1 o'clock window. Rams and Bills, the Rams have been impressive. Sean McVay has blown me away with his ability to to kind of get that quarterback's confidence back, to to play to that quarterback's strength. He, it's kind of that human joystick element again. Um, not asking him to do too much, uh, putting him in great positions to succeed with, with um, high percentage passes. Uh, the Rams, we know what Aaron Donald can do. Uh, they've certainly impressed me. The Bills, I don't know about you, Baldy. Their wins for me a little more workmanlike um, than spectacular. The quarterback has done some great stuff, but I hold that defense to a really high standard, and I know that Sean McDermott does as well, and I'm not quite sure they're there just yet. Well, Miami had a lot of success. I mean, yeah. they had the lead in that game, and you know, Buffalo had to come from behind. One thing, there's a lot – there's a lot to this game. Uh, we'll start with Buffalo here. You know, just watching them, you know, beat Miami. Josh Allen, uh, it's just remar- he's just not the guy that came out of Wyoming. He's just so much better. And if anybody wants to say anything other than that, they're not watching. Right, he right. beat the Dolphins from the pocket. Um, Stephon Diggs, through two weeks now, he leads the league in receiving yardage. I mean, he's been everything they could have dreamed of being. He's beaten – they have two really good corners in Miami, beat them both. Beat Byron Jones. They paid him a lot of money. Yeah. They paid uh, Xavier Howard a lot of money. He beat them both. And Josh beat them with really good throws. Uh, they're not they're not running the ball as well as they want to run it right now. But the thing that's impressive about Josh Allen is he's he will run. He did run four times the other day against Miami, but he's not looking to run. He looks really comfortable in the pocket. And – you know, his deep balls used to end up 15 yards over the receiver's head because he was just in love with how far he could throw it. Now he actually has touch on the ball. Um, and so, and I think he's reading coverage better. Uh, and that's what he's going to have to do this week because the, the Rams with the new defense coordinator do a lot in the secondary. They, I mean, Carson Wentz was a mess against mm-hmm. him. I, I would say this, Aaron Donald was basically invisible against the Eagles. While the week before against Dallas, Jason, he literally ruined the Cowboys' yes. offense. Yes. And, and and so Aaron Donald, he, he wants his award. He wants the Defensive Player of the Year award. He, it, it's his award. He feels like it's it's his every year. And if he, it, it's like a it's like a hitter, Jason, that is a great hitter. And Wade Boggs is great was a great hitter. Yeah. And if he was zero for four on Tuesday, he came back and got three on Wednesday. Yes. And that's kind of Aaron Donald. Like he, he was shut out last week, and it probably he probably won't sleep, and it'll bother him all week, mm-hmm. and he'll lift a bunch of weights and do a bunch of exercises, and then he's going to find I don't know Cody Ford or Mitch Morse or Quentin Spain, and he's just going to rip them apart. 
And, you know, that's what I expect from Aaron Donald this week. But the the, the Rams, I got to give Sean McVay a ton of credit here. Yeah. I mean, they went from being one of the best running teams in football to one of the worst last year. Yeah. And he, by golly, is going to run the football. They ran it 39 times yeah. against the Eagles. And it's it's a whole collective effort. The receivers run it. They have three backs, Henderson, Brown, and Cam Akers. Uh, any one of those guys, if they get hot, they stay on the field. Otherwise, they rotate. Yeah. And the guys up front, uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, Cromer has been a great offense line coach in this league a long time. And he heard all the noise last year about how bad they were. And they're much better up front right now. That's what they want to do. And, and really, Goff really benefits from a really strong, strong running game where he can really play action play pass action. and – he gets an open receiver. He usually hits them, um, you know, especially when he's protected. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see which one of those teams comes out of the weekend undefeated. Baldy, you mentioned Carson Wentz. You're doing my job for me. You took me exactly where I wanted to go. We're mostly talking about games here, let's face it, this week among teams that have won more than they've lost. The Bengals and the Eagles collectively have not won a ball game yet. This year, Baldy, uh, I, I talked to Joe Banner this week a little bit about the Eagles. Uh, I talked to some defensive uh, coaches who have faced the Eagles. Uh, I've talked to some people, some some former Eagles players who, you know, have been around there in recent years. And they all kind of said the same thing. Carson Wentz is trying to do too much. Like, he's not the main problem, but he's compounding some of their inherent problems because instead of sort of being a calming presence in all this, instead of trying to keep it simple, stupid, he's trying to do too much. And, and this snowball just kind of keeps going in the wrong direction. Maybe the Bengals, an upstart team, a team that had the first round pick for a reason, a team that has major issues on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe this is just what the doctor ordered, Baldy. But I don't throw this around loosely. This is a must win game, in my estimation, for the Eagles. Well, I'm going to be at the link on Sunday doing the national radio, and I'm, I'm anxious to watch it because Carson, look, like you can say there's a lot of other things. I mean, the Eagles couldn't protect Carson better than they did the other day. There's just throws you have to make in this league. There's just way too many missed opportunities. They scored 17 points and 19 points in back-to-back losses. And your quarterback, if he's not sharp, your team is going to struggle. I don't care what else you do. He's thrown four interceptions. He's got the lowest completion percentage in the league. Him and Kirk Cousins are at the very bottom of this entire quarterback league right now. And his and, and it really always starts, I don't care what position you, you talk about in this league, Jason, it always comes back to fundamentals. And if you're not sharpening your fundamentals week to week, it will show up in your performance. If your feet aren't pointing in the direction that you're throwing the football, usually the ball doesn't go where you want it to go. Yeah. I mean, the great shooters in the NBA, they always get their feet set first, right? Sure. James Harden's feet are set. Steph Curry's feet are set to the direction they're shooting the ball. Yeah. And Carson's feet are all over the place. And then he's jumping when he's throwing. He's falling backwards. I mean, he's not – just watch his footwork when he throws a football and you'll know if the ball is going to be completed or not. And so right now the, the ball's not, I mean, he's at there. You, you talk about yards per completion. Yeah. He's getting six yards of completion. 
right? Or six yards in attempt right attempt, now. Yeah. Six yards in attempt at 58%. You'll take 58% if you're nine yards. An sure. Sure. You know, if you're, if you're hitting on your deep balls and you're getting bigger chunk plays, you know, he's got a low percentage and a low yards per attempt. And I'm just reading stats, but you don't need the stats. You can watch it. And so Joe Burrow on the other side has had some success. Um, you know, they had a great chance of beating the Chargers week one. He got a, yep. just robbed on the call to A.J. Green at the end to win it. But I'll say this. He is, you know, even in the game against uh, Cleveland, he's most comfortable when you just spread, spread everybody out. out. And he's like, he's back at LSU with Joe Brady. Yeah. And he just gets to find the matchup he likes. And he's, he's an accurate thrower for the most part. And so I think, and the Eagles are, they're not very good defensively they're right mess. now either. They're a mess over there. Yeah. I mean, their defensive line was invisible on Sunday against the Rams. They, they actually, the Rams went down the field, the three, three straight possessions in the first quarter, and they scored first three times they had the ball. Now they played better in the second half, but it was just ugly to start. And so really the Eagles, I think, are a mess everywhere. I mean, you can't really say anything good about the team right now. You know, Doug Peterson's, you know, throwing a bunch of coach speak out there about, you know, no offseason, right. training camp. I mean, I don't know. I watched Justin Herbert go in there and play like he, he was a five-year vet the other day mm-hmm. when he got the the ball. You know, they, they gave him the ball on the mound five seconds before the kickoff, yeah. you know, and said it's yours today. So I think that, you know, you, you can make all the excuses. You're right. I mean, when Carson struggled last year, he he, he got the NFC East in December that were all playing terrible and he got four straight wins and he got Miami in there and, you know, they made the playoffs. Well, he's at that, he's at that fork right now in the road where he needs that game. I think for his own confidence and then for the staff and the players confidence, because I, the players can lose confidence in your quarterback as quick as anybody, as quick as the fans. If the ball's not coming out on time, if it's not thrown accurately, and that's where the Eagles are right now. They're they're all looking to number eleven to kind of pull them out of this funk. And maybe Cincinnati's the perfect team because they they're not very good either. But it, you know, if the Eagles go to zero and three, you know what it's like in Philly. I mean, the sky's falling right now. Uh, the airwaves are heated up. Uh, Eagle fans will even with no fans in the stands, yeah. you can hear them. You can hear. I mean, yeah. they put the boo in. Um, you know, they piped in booze to Carson Wentz the other day, which is really ridiculous. But they did that on Fox on Sunday. Oh, and Baldy and the and the Phillies have no bullpen, and they got swept by the Nats, and they might not make the playoffs. <laughs> I, I, whether it's no fans or ghosts or yeah. fake fans, I think the cardboard fans will be booing them if they don't yeah. come out hot <laughs> against the Bengals. Uh, yes. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Cowboys and Seahawks game. That's obviously going to get huge oh. ratings. I mean. I think all of America is going to be watching. I guess you could look at the Dallas game two ways, Baldy, and maybe I'm a skeptic or a, a glass half empty kind of a fellow, but I come away from that thinking, all right, I mean, Dallas won, but my God, Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta, I mean, Atlanta literally handed them the game. Like that to me looks like another one. I think there's always been a lot of fool's gold with Dallas. Like you'll look at them in a particular moment and they'll do something that kind of lights it up. But then you go back and think about how they got there. And is that a replicable template for winning or is it not? And what kind of team did they beat up on? And could they do this kind of thing 
three straight times in January against teams that actually can play defense, about teams that actually understand the, the, the rule book and when you can jump on an onside kick and when you can't. I, I don't know, Baldy. I, I came out of that thinking that I, I, I'm still a cowboy skeptic. And, and obviously the Seahawks um, have done great things. And, and, and Russell Wilson is, is playing out of his mind. He's the best player on the planet right now. But I do have some concerns about their offensive line. And we know Dallas will be doing everything possible to generate pressure. And, and they do have some NASCAR packages there that they feel good about. Well, a secondary in Dallas that, you know, has got a lot to be desired. Yep. And a defensive line that was invisible against the Falcons is going to see Russell Wilson and, you know, the hottest guy on the planet. I mean, DK Metcalf, he beats Stephon Gilmore. And I, I, nobody respects Stephon Gilmore more than me. But, I mean, he ran right by him. Um I mean, he's just he he's an electric electric kind of player, and Carson. I mean, uh, Russell loves him, and so he loved him last year as a rookie. He loved him when everybody said, "Ah, he's not a route runner. Right. He's just a go a guy that just runs go routes." Well, he's a lot more than that. Uh, he's an athletic freak, um, and Tyler Lockett is just an, an, an incredible player. Um, so th- that's that's a matchup that's got to concern you. But if you look at Dallas's offense, I mean, Dak was really good. Yeah, really good. I mean, they they turned the ball. They fumbled the ball three times in the first quarter, Jason. Yeah, and a and punt and, and, a, and a failed punt, a failed fake punt, and then another yeah. fumble. Well, they, they spotted the Cowboys twenty points right there on those on those plays, and so that you know, I mean, I don't know if if Zeke is going to put the ball on the ground like he did last week. You you always give the team credit that forced it, but I mean, they spotted them twenty and came back and scored forty uh, in three. You know, it, it was pretty impressive the way they did it. They they do have an impressive receiving core. Uh, Ceedee Lamb is just a baller. I mean, he's just he's going to be something special. Um, you know they 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 played really well after they stopped turning the ball over. They played really really well. And Seattle's defense is not great. Right. They have no pass rush, and and they knew it. Their, their pass rush is Jamal Adams blitzing right now, Jason. And it's a problem. It's been a problem. It's the same uh, thing he dealt with with the Jets. It's deja vu for him. It is. And and so if you look at them, I mean, they've given up more first downs than any team in the league. You know, just little things. Like, they can't get off the field. Like, they've been good against the run because that's who they are. Yeah. they got a bunch of guys up front, and cool. Bobby cool. Wagner is as good as there is. And he, he basically doesn't make the tackle, but makes the play on the final play of the game when he blitzes the A-gap and blows the whole thing up. But, you know, you can throw the ball against Seattle and because you're going to have time to throw it. And so, you know, Dallas is starting. Two free agents at tackle right now. Yep. You know, and so, but they played well. Terrence Steele played well against the Falcons. So that's where Dallas is right now. Uh, but, you know, Dak was Dak was really good. I, I think the Cowboys are certainly going to have their chances here in this game. They've gone up to Seattle before, and they've won. So not that that means anything. It's a complete – but I don't – I'm not a big believer in Seattle's defense. It's just Russell looks like he can outscore anybody right now. Sounds like you might be saying take the over, Baldy. I would take the over in this game. I mean, <laughs> what was the score on Sunday night? 35-30? Yeah. Something like that. I mean, yeah. I mean it, it might be something like that again this week. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. Uh we saved the best for last. Uh Monday night, we've got a matchup for the no. ages. Ravens, Chiefs. 
Baltimore gets them at home for the first time. Uh, the Ravens have played well at Arrowhead, had a chance to win both those meetings the last couple years. Came up just a little bit short. Uh, I can tell you, I live in Baltimore. I, I mean, there won't be any fans there. There won't be the experience that you normally would expect. But this this is kind of a regular season Super Bowl for the Ravens, who haven't been able to get it done in the playoffs two years in a row. This is as close as you're going to get to a playoff test for, for mid-September or late September, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I, I'll be fascinated to see how this plays out. Um, the Chiefs obviously got a, a handful from the Chargers last week, and I wonder – if the Herbert last second thing, as much as it was incredibly difficult circumstances for that young man, and he played amazingly well, I wonder if it threw the Chiefs off a little bit as well because he's going to do things running and he's going to be more of a wild card throwing deep than I think Tyrod is, and, and maybe that played some role in the outcome of that game. Um, the Ravens did what we both thought they would do, right? Pretty much steamroll uh, the Texans. What are your thoughts on this one, Baldy? Do you see a particular advantage that one team has over the other? <laughs> well, I saw the, the Chiefs last weekend live. And, you know, I mean, you, you know, you can start analyzing this game. You start with the quarterbacks, um, both of them. I mean, back-to-back MVPs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was about as ordinary as you can get for two and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, out of nowhere, the spark just hit. And then he was unstoppable. Um, you know, he, he hits a 50-yard bomb to Tyreek Hill on a dead run that nobody else in the league could make. Maybe Lamar could actually make it. Um, I don't know if anybody else could reach Tyreek from where he was and how he right. threw it. Um, you know, it was, just, it was just classic Patrick Mahomes. Uh, now, they did kick two 58-yard field goals to win the game. Yeah. So that might never happen again in the NFL ever. Uh, you know, I had a coach from the Ravens <laughs> um, text me yesterday, asked me about the Chiefs. He knew I did the Chiefs game. And, you know, what if they had a weakness? The, I, I love watching the Ravens play football. They just bludgeon you. Yes. They just flat out bludgeon you. The way I mean, it is the most difficult team to prepare for because nobody wants to play the run for 60 minutes and take on double teams and have Zeus and, you know, I mean, these guys just leaning on you yeah. um, the whole game. Um, play after play and the way that they attack you with Ingram – and Edwards, and then, you know, this this J.K. Dobbins is yeah. just something, you know, he's just a home run hitter. And then, oh, by the way, Lamar can just take off at any time. Yeah. And one thing about Lamar this year, to me, Jason, is he's he looks like he's willing just to run out of bounds. Yes. He just take, you know, just save the hit. Yep. Like not try to get every single yard. Yep. I mean, he did it a bunch of times against the Texans on Sunday, and he just said, okay. You know, that's smart, Lamar. It's it's just smart. You're not going to run for 1,200 yards. You don't need to. We're going to save the hits on you. And so – but he he can find Mark Andrews anytime he wants him. It's just a great combination. To t- you can match this thing up with quarterbacks, tight ends, playmakers in the secondary, Tyron Matthew. Just freeze freeze the end of a play any anytime the Chiefs defense is on the field and number 32 is there. He's yeah. in your screen. I don't know how he does. He's got the, the best instincts. He saved the touchdown pass the other day to Michael Williams in the end zone. You couldn't play the ball any better in the end zone. It was one-on-one football against a receiver that's five inches taller than him, and he just made a perfect play. Just poised, under control, with with instincts that they are just dripping off him. Um, you know, the, when the Chiefs have 
when the Ravens have beaten the Chiefs, they're, they, they just had – I guess the, the Chiefs have beaten the Ravens in overtime. It's just been heroics. Yeah. Um, just flat-out quarterback heroics. And so when you get two great quarterbacks like this, kind of just get out of the way and, and enjoy the fun. Well, and, and to follow up on a, on a couple points you made about Lamar running out of bounds, it, it used to be, and I think even the Ravens now in hindsight would admit this, year one when Lamar takes over for Flacco midseason and they're, they're kind of reinventing themselves on the fly, like the key was get this kid in second and nine and third and seven, and that's how you win the game. Nobody in Baltimore is scared of that anymore. You know what no. I mean? Like, we'll get you in second and nine and – We'll get you with the oak. You know, we'll get you with the okie doke. You think that's a running down for us? No, 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 no. Put eight in the box and watch what we do. I mean, the the, the kid's completing over seventy percent of his passes. So I, I think that element is, is something that they have so much more confidence in their ability. I mean, he threw to nine guys last week, Paul. He completed passes to nine guys, like you know, including the fullback. And and I actually think Pat Ricard could be one of the keys to this game, Baldy. I, I went back and watched the game when when the fullback was in on a design run play, mm-hmm. 16 rushes for 134 yards. Now, I know the Texans aren't great against the run, but they're, they're lining Pat Ricard up in the slot in a wide receiver stack, motioning him to the other side of the field, putting him out in routes. They're, they're using him uh, as a tight end in the seam, yep. cracking down on the A block and lead blocking. Go look at what Pat Ricard did to the safety on the 30-yard uh, direct snap touchdown. Yeah, Mark, Mark Ingram. Ingram. And, and yeah. I look at Kansas City, right? And, that was a wham. That was a wham on yeah. uh, KJ Watt. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, you, you you look at sort of what where you think the Chiefs might be vulnerable. And, you know, outside of Chris Jones, are there guys that you're, you're absolutely petrified of up front? They're a little beat up right now. Um, I just wonder if Baltimore plays the first half Monday night the way they played the second half against the Texans, which was the fullback was in for more than half the snaps, and they they were they were going to attack you on the edges and get Chris Jones running laterally to try to help and run support. So we get him off of you know our rookie right guard, our center who's coming back from catastrophic, uh, you know knee surgery a year ago. I wonder how they play this, but that might be, well, in my estimation, the way to go. Two yeah. tight ends, the fullback, old school football. Oh, they're not going to change the way they play. I mean, that's what you're going to get. You're going to, I mean, the Chiefs are going to have to play, you know, they're going to have to, you know, get the double chin straps out, you know, and really buckled up. They were not great against the run against the Chargers. I thought both uh, Austin Eckler and uh, Joshua Kelly, the rookie, ran the ball really well and effectively against the Chiefs. But that's what they're going to get. They're going to get it uh, to their sick of it. And as long as the Ravens are in control of the game, they're just going to keep pounding you. That's who they are. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's going to change. You know, the one thing the Chargers do, you know, you always kind of look at teams in your own division and how you defend that team because not only do you see that team twice a year, Jason, but you all see, see all the cut-ups every week. Sure, sure. You know, so, you know, so with the Chargers, they really – frustrate Patrick Mahomes because they play almost exclusively zone. And so if you just zone Patrick Mahomes, you force him to just almost check it down and just take these short throws. And that's he he almost looks like he gets frustrated by yeah. it. And you can't get the deep shots and you can't get, you know, Andy Reid doesn't get a chance to run all that motion before the snap right. to get, you know, the man-to-man cover guy loose. And like they didn't do any of that. And and I think the Ravens 
who have tremendous flexibility in their personnel and how Wink wants to play. I mean, he's almost like he can change his defense week to week as well, depending on who's playing against. I think the Ravens will play a lot of zone. Marcus Peters loves that. Yes. Uh, Marcus Peters, I don't believe, has ever had a pick against Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is how he keeps score. Yeah, he wants to win, but he wants to pick right. the best quarterbacks in this league. And you almost feel like Mahomes has been excellent taking care of the football so far. <clears throat> but I think you're going to see a lot of zone from the Ravens and just keep everything in front of them and not get the big plays that ignite the Chiefs' offense. And so I'm favoring the Ravens in this game uh, on Wednesday morning here, Jason. It, it right. might change depending on injuries or right. uh, going back and watching both these teams again this week. but. I love the way the Ravens are playing football right now. It's they are there's you know between the kickers, the tight ends, the quarterbacks, yeah. the coaches. There's just you know there's just so much um, you, where you can break this down category by category across the board on this game. Well, and the, put one final sort of bow on it. I think they're going to defend Mahomes the way you did. The problem is the zone buster. Are, is his legs right like you, yeah. you get in that cover two stuff and it's third and 13 and I remember talking to Joey Bosa about this um you know on Radio Row leading up to the Super Bowl like what what do you tell your brother you you guys have you know done a decent job containing my homes it's like what I told my brother is you can do everything right everybody can win their assignment and there's a yep. small hole and he's going to take off and if he needs 14 <clears throat> yards he's going to get 15 if he needs 22 he'll probably get 23 and you can't let that become a defeatist mentality you can't let that get in your head you have to find a way to shake it off easier said than done but i think that's that's the real heartbreaker right is when you your assignments are correct you've got the perfect call in yep. guys are pressuring him containing him doing what they're supposed to do and then he takes off yep and, and both quarterbacks can do it i mean mahomes scrambling ability right now is is i mean it's not lamar's but i mean he, he pretty effective teams. yeah yeah it's both of them yeah, it's it's definitely a a key of the game is what the quarterbacks do to create plays and extend drives. Well, we'll have a lot to talk about next Wednesday coming off of that Monday night game. I I feel pretty confident saying that. I, I know uh, you can't wait for week three to get here. I can't wait for wait for week three to get here, and we will be back in this same spot. <clears throat> next Wednesday, as always, to break it all down for you guys and spin it forward. This has been Baldy's Breakdowns on Radio.com. Again, Jason Lockett-Four and Brian Baldinger. You can check us out on Twitter. At hey, Jason. Yeah. Jason, real quick, as we wrap this up, we just got news that the Kansas Comet has passed away while we were taping this. Oh, man. The great Gail Sayers. I'm just looking at my phone now. And I'm just, I, I mean, I just got this yeah, note. Yeah. Literally yeah. right now. And anybody that is old enough to remember, <laughs> uh, like both of us, Gail Sayers. Yeah. Uh, he was a rookie in 1965. He was rookie of the year. Uh, he came into this league and set the league on fire and led the league in, uh, you know, led the league in rushing twice. Uh, was the first team all pro running back his first three seasons. He was there's just really been almost nobody like him the way that he ran the ball and just how he made people miss and the moves that he had. Uh, it, it was just one of the iconic players on an iconic franchise. 
in this league. And, you know, like I think we all have to remember the guys that came way before us that helped build this league. And Gail Sayers was one of those players that helped build this, this league into what it is today. Yeah, absolutely. Baldy, a legend, a trailblazer. Um, one of those guys who uh, brought it at an incredibly high level for the totality of his career and went out on his own terms. Uh, and and uh, somebody who obviously influenced generations of backs to come and, and somebody ahead of his time, uh, for sure. So definitely, um, you know. I, I remember just, I, I only met him one time, Jason, I'll end with this. I had won this award, the Ed Block Courage Award. It's actually yeah. given in Baltimore. Yep. Sure, and I know you're quite familiar. Yep. So I won it in 1987 uh, with the Cowboys. They come back from a major knee injury, whatever. And um, the 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 head speaker that day um, was Gail Sayers. And so they had like this kind of a cocktail hour. It's a black tie affair. Uh, it's a big deal in the city of Baltimore. It's, yes. a, big, it's a big award. Yes. And so – we, we were all kind of mingling. Everybody's kind of getting to saying hello. And it was a big buzz in this big banquet hall in Baltimore. And all I heard was, uh, I'd like to have your attention, please. And it was Gail Sayers. I'd like to get your attention, please. And just his voice. I mean, it was everybody just stopped talking all at once. And we all just said, like, the respect and the command of a room, I, I'll never forget that experience of listening to Gail Sayers for the first time. And I think that's how he was as a leader, as a man, as a you know father, all those kind of things, as administrator, when he got done playing, like the respect that he had and he warranted yeah. uh, was probably there every day until this morning when he passed. No doubt. Well said, Baldy. Yeah. Um, well, we will uh, reconvene next Wednesday. Hope everybody enjoys week three. This has been Baldy's Breakdowns on Radio.com. Again, Jason Lockenfora and Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL at Jason Lockenfora. Please subscribe, rate, review Baldy's Breakdowns on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your favorite podcast. And Baldy, I look forward to chatting yeah. with you next Wednesday, man. Enjoy the games, brother. Yeah, you bet. It's a lot of great games this weekend, Jason. I, I look forward to being right back here with you next Wednesday. Rock and roll. Talk to you guys then.